Hello and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian Geek Worldview, and today on the show, I'm going to be talking about God of War Ragnarok, a game that I beat recently that I was very excited for. I absolutely loved the, the relaunch of the God of War series here a few years ago with the game that was just called God of War. It was really my first foray into the God of War games, uh, so I playing through that one. It was just absolutely amazing, and then uh, and then I went back and I played God of War three, and I didn't really play any other God of Wars from there. But uh, God of War, the that older one, was just absolutely fantastic. And so going into this, I was extremely excited to see what they were gonna do here with the next one because just everything about that first game, from the gameplay to the story and everything. Uh, I just love. So going into this game, I had high expectations, and man, I I really enjoyed this game. They, I like that they're not afraid to progress the story some in between the games here. It is evident that several years has gone by in between God of War and God of War Ragnarok here, and they... I think they progress the story in between the games an appropriate amount so that so that it's not just the same exact place. We're not in the same exact place as we were at the end of that, but we see kind of a natural progression of how we got here, judging from where we did end at the last one. An easy example of this is something uh, like Kratos no longer calls Atreus boy. He calls him Atreus. You know, the whole kind of, it was like a meme almost of the first game where the Kratos was constantly just like, boy, do this, boy, come on. And he would always just call Atreus boy. This game, I don't know if he ever really called him boy, but he he would call him Atreus, you know, or son, or you know, it's like okay, so we've we further progressed down their relationship, building that kind of stuff up, which is is one of the things that really made the first game so good is building up that relationship. That relationship continuing on here is just absolutely fantastic. We get some absolutely like phenomenal uh, father son type dynamics here as uh, Atreus is growing up. Up and trying to uh, get more freedoms and trying to, to be his own man. And then Kratos, uh, you know, coming from his background and kind of seeing where Atreus might be going here and stuff. And he's trying to, to keep uh, Atreus down a little bit in a loving way because he wants to protect him. And he, he wants to uh, hold him back from certain things so that he will protect him and stuff. But then Atreus being the, the rambunctious kid that he is, he's like, no, I, we got to go do this. Let's, you know, go out there. And he wants to push the boundaries of what Kratos is comfortable with him doing. And so that continued relationship there and the development they get throughout this game is just absolutely phenomenal. This game, uh, this game has character relationships that are like only rivaled by the best of video game uh, characters and stuff. You know, only by the Joel and Ellie or from The Last of Us or, or those type of characters. Just top tier, some of the best characters in gaming ever is the kind of character work that they got going in God of War Ragnarok here. Just absolutely phenomenal and and Kratos and Atreus just the best team up the best duo there um just so much of the dialogue in here just really hits hits hard in such a great way and then some of the other characters in here uh Mimir, of course, back as fun as ever. He's the the head that they carry around and he tells stories and stuff. Very fun, very good character. I, I love the dynamic between him and, and Kratos and Atreus. I guess it's more of a trio because all three of those are the, no the ones normally going out 
out uh, into the, the missions in the wild and all that stuff that you're going around with in the game. You got the, the father-son dynamic and, and some of the, the kind of tension points that, that are happening there. And you got Mimir kind of trying to be a little bit in between the two, trying to be the voice of reason on both sides of the argument and stuff. Uh, and, and him just a, a great, great character and very fun, very funny as well. Uh, Faye also returning from the first game here. So I think they ended her character in a really interesting spot in the last game. Should I spoil where, where, well, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm going to spoil the end of uh, God of War from 2018 or whatever, a few years back, the old God of War, so I'm going to spoil the end of that game, okay? So, uh, at the end of that game, there's the big battle, everything is going down, and then uh, Kratos ends up killing Boulder, who is her son, and so despite the fact that that Boulder was also trying to kill her, and uh, despite the fact that, you know, Boulder was very terrible and, you know, very much deserved it and stuff. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, of course, she's very mad and she's very vengeful and everything. It makes sense that, you know, he he was her son. So it's like, okay, that totally makes sense. And dude, the way that they build her character throughout this game, setting her up as more of this antagonistic kind of force in this game, and then the way they, they continue to build on her character from where they left off in the first game, game is so well done and it leaves you so engrossed and engaged in this character and what else they're going to do with this character as they keep building on her and uh, and kind of uh, seeing the the dynamic between the you know her and our lead characters when they're interacting and stuff is just absolutely phenomenal like she is such a well done character in this game uh, and then you're hitting, introducing some of the new big hitters here that were not in the first game. You got Thor, you got Odin, you got Tyr, the, the god of war from this universe, because they, like, changed universes uh, in between the god of war 3 and uh, god of war. It's interesting seeing, like, a, a very different versions than what you might expect from the MCU or something like that, where they, they steered those much more heroic. This, I think, is, is somewhat probably more true to the source material, to, a, to an extent anyway, as far as just making like all the gods and and those kind of mythology and stuff were all pretty terrible and uh, this very much fits into that where it's all very gray it's all very messy it's all very dark and uh, all the gods are kind of terrible at least at points and stuff and the the thor and odin and all of them very much fit into that kind of category they do a fantastic job at building some of those characters and building some of the relationships between odin and and Kratos and Odin and uh, Atreus and them as they're kind of they they have some peaceable discussions and they're talking about stuff and stuff and they the way they build that is phenomenal a, a very different take on Odin than you would expect I think he's much more low-key he's much more uh kind of uh level-headed like old man talking to you kind of uh the way he initially kind of comes across to you instead of this big booming uh bad guy like you have, you know, in, in God of War 3 or something where the, the bad guys are much more over the top and much more uh, uh, just super villainous for the sake of being super villainous. This, they bring it much more down to earth, much more reasonable, much more character driven in this game. And that it's it's just so fantastic. I mean, the story in this, this game 
is fantastic. It's very different than the story that we got in the original game. Just just the whole structure of the story is different because the, the structure of the story in the first game is just, oh, we have to get from point A to point B and the there there's not like a major driving force other than we have to do this. You know, the, uh, the, the basic story of the first game is that, oh, uh, you know, Kratos' wife died, he, you know, he has her ashes, and she, he has to go spread them in the highest mountain on the land, and so, the, the, the whole game is basically their journey from there up into the, to the mountain to, to spread her ashes, and that's kind of the journey of the game, and so, uh, despite the fact that there's bigger things that happening, and then all these other kind of things going on with Boulder, and with, uh, Freya, and all that other stuff going on, the, the main drive of the story, the main goal of what they're trying to do is spread his wife's ashes up on the the mountain right and so it's this kind of much more relaxed pace much more focus on just the the father-son dynamic and and uh and in some ways when you're playing that game it's like you kind of know where it's going because you know okay you got this father-son dynamic it's very strained uh, and you know you have kratos who really doesn't know how to uh, work with his son. He does. He doesn't know how to, uh, you know, be with his son and in uh, interact with his son in a really good or meaningful kind of way. And then throughout the course of the game, you know, he kind of learns how to interact with his son. You kind of you kind of know how that's going to go down. You know, he's going to learn to be a better dad, and you know, Atreus is going to learn to be a better kid, and all you know, be a better son and to be a man, kind of as he's kind of coming of age and stuff. And so you you kind of know where that story is going more or less. Whereas this one, I think. Is is a lot different. This one is a lot more driven. This one, there is a goal. There's Thor and there's Odin that are, are pushing their buttons and they're they're making them really kind of they're pushing the fl the plot forward in a way that the first game did not. The first game was a little bit more meandering, not in a way, not in a bad way, but in a good way. This game is more driven, more like focused and more uh, like we have this goal that we have actively really trying to pursue and pushing towards that goal and stuff. So just a completely different kind of structure of a story, both of which are really good. Personally, I think I like the the first game a little bit better. I just, I guess the the, the biggest focus on the the father son story and that whole dynamic and stuff is really well done. Also, it's the first game in this new version of God of War, and, and really kind of just hitting you strong right off the bat is probably also an element of this. But I also really liked this story, and it's, it's the kind of thing where you don't really know where it's going to go. You, you have some ideas, but you're like, wait, could this could happen, this could happen. They're kind of setting things up in ways that it's like, wait... It, they like set some stuff up where it's like, is this going to happen? Is this, and it's very questionable and you don't know until you get to the end of the game and you see what happens and you play what happens. And, uh, that's fantastic. I, I loved that stuff. A fantastic story. They did do, since this is a more like driven story, one thing I liked about the first game is that, it's, there's a lot of wide open spaces where you stop pursuing the main story and you just kind of go on these little side quests and all this kind of stuff. But it made sense for that game because they weren't super driven. Like, they weren't in an active hurry. It's not like somebody was, like, kidnapped and they're like, oh, man, we gotta go rescue this person. But first, let me go find some collectibles and stuff, like in some games, you know? It wasn't like that. This game is a little bit closer to that because there are definitely points where it's like, oh, Kratos would be way more focused on what he's trying to do here and not going and getting some of these collectibles and things that I'm going and getting, you know, but, <laughs> 
but I, I guess it's a step back towards more of what most video games are like that anyway, you know. But anyway, this game, just a phenomenal story, epic story. This this very much is like a grand, grand in scope, bigger in scope than than most games for sure in, in a lot of different ways. And uh, just everything, everything has such like pathos to it. There's so much like mythology and stuff built in behind everything, some of which I know and some of which, you know, you don't really know necessarily. Maybe you do if you know all the, the, the mythology that, people actually believed in stuff around this but there's so much like stuff that's like built in here and there's like obvious backstories to everything that we some of which we know and some we don't know as we move through this and it's just it's it's so well done it's it's a very emotional story it is hard-hitting emotional kind of storytelling going on in here uh, the score is just phenomenal. Uh, just, you know, bringing back the, the theme from the, the last game with a dun, dun, dun kind of thing. But then just, man, just just everything. All, all the score in this is just so phenomenal, so epic, so big, and just so, so well done. Just absolutely fantastic. And that's only the story stuff. Gameplay-wise, uh, this game is incredibly fun to play. Uh, you quickly get back a lot of the weaponry that you had in that first game. Uh, because you, you get a few weapons throughout that game, and then by the time you, you end it, you know, it's like, okay, are we gonna go back to the one? Are we only gonna have the axe at this, at the, you know, for the first half of this game or whatever? But you pretty quickly get back the weaponry that you had in that game, and then they add a, f a little bit more on top of that. What they add on top is absolutely phenomenal. I won't spoil it because it is kind of a... Uh, I don't know if it's a surprise per se, but it is something later in the game that I don't necessarily want to spoil. But you'll get some more stuff as you go through the game, and just the, the additions to the... Uh, the weaponry is just absolutely phenomenal. You, you know, you got the axe, you got the blades of chaos, and those are incredibly fun to use. They are very much the same as the first game from what I remember. I haven't played that game since when that game came out a few years back, but they, they feel very much the same, which is to say they feel absolutely amazing. Like the, the, throwing the axe and calling it back and stuff is just so much fun. The Blades of Chaos spinning around and you shoot the blade out and shoot a fireball down your blade and stuff. Just incredibly fun to use. It's great to go around fighting all these bad guys. There's some, uh, a lot of good uh, enemy variety in here. I definitely think they upped the variety of different types of enemies and stuff in this game. And the, like the mini bosses, the first game had some kind of repeated mini boss fights. You, you had that troll with the big rock that you fought several times throughout that game. Uh, you still have encounters like that where it's kind of the mini boss type encounters uh but there's there's a bigger variety of those kind of encounters with more different kinds of enemies and stuff like that uh though you do get a few uh repeated mini boss kind of fights in there though i just think a little bit less repeated than the last game i'd say some absolutely fantastic boss fights in here just some phenomenal big huge in scope kind of god of war boss fights uh, I, I think none none of which reach to me that the height of the the stranger boss fight and right right near the beginning of the that god of war 2018 i think it is um you know th that boss fight is just phenomenal one of the best boss fights ever and god of war is known for its amazing stellar boss fights and this has some fantastic ones though again in my opinion none of them quite reached the level of that one in the last game though and I do th kind of think that the ending battle could have maybe been a little bit more 
grandiose, a, a little bit bigger and a, better of an ending boss, you know? Uh, I'm not going to go into spoilers or anything, I'll just, I'll just keep it vague. But considering how God of War is known for having these spectacular, amazing, insane boss fights, I will say the, the boss fights at the end are maybe somewhat a, a little bit lesser than they could have been i i just think i just think for the the level of a you know i guess in any other game those boss fights would have been perfectly good and and they, they they're good solid boss fights but i guess it, w when you're dealing with god of war which again has just is known for the spectacular boss fights uh i think they could have ended with a little bit stronger of ones potentially there's a whole lot of side content and stuff in here. Uh, I went and did, I did quite a bit of it. They, they're just like the last game. They, they would open you up into these little open world-ish kind of areas. It's not an open world game per se, but there is definitely open, it's open level kind of where you, you go into these areas. It's big, it's open. You see like there's some dragon flying over there. There's some dude walking around over there and you just kind of go around. You hit all these different things. It's very fun if you... If you don't want to do it, you can basically skip any any of that kind of stuff and just mainline the story if you're not really interested in that kind of stuff. Or if you're really enjoying the game like I was, you know, you can go around to all those other ones and, and check out what the dragon's doing. Check out what that random guy walking around is doing and, uh, you know, do some random side missions. Some fun stuff there and, and some good kind of... Uh, it, it, can, it can kind of bring up some good kind of character moments between the characters as they're uh, doing some of these different things for the side missions and stuff like that. And so I, I like uh, seeing some of that stuff. They bring back the ravens that you have to kill because in the first game there's ravens. Then you just you throw your axe, you kill the raven, and you do that because that means Odin's watching you. You got to kill the ravens because that's how Odin like spies on people or whatever. Um, this game they actually bring it back and they actually give you a reason for that more. Like they give you an actual reason to go after the ravens more because in the first game there was really no reason other than to get probably the trophy at the end or whatever. You know. So if I so happened to see one, I would, you know, hit it. But otherwise, I just didn't care. You know, even if you could hear one and I kind of look around and it's like, yeah, okay, whatever, I don't care. Whereas this one, they actually gave you some motivation behind it, I thought, which was good. Because uh, then when I when I heard one or something, I would kind of look around and I would find it and I would find out how to kill it because uh, because I would get rewarded for it in the game, which was which is cool. I, I think that's a, a good thing for making some of those smaller, more insignificant kind of side things uh, more interesting and, and a little bit more significant. Now, this game came out on the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5. I don't have a PlayStation 5 yet. Uh, I have a PlayStation 4, just the, the base original version of the PlayStation 4 is what I have. And for the most part, this game ran just fine. Like, you know, all the... It, to me, it didn't really seem skippy or anything at all. It did get a little bit visually glitchy at times. There would be some pop-in here and there. You know, you wouldn't see some things. The biggest thing is that there was one time there was like an invisible enemy that didn't load in or whatever. And then he was like walking around in the environment for a few seconds. And then he like loaded in right next to me and stuff. So I, was like, <laughs> I guess that's bad. But for the most part, you know, it didn't really affect the, the game for me much at all. It was just a little bit visually glitchy here and there. A little bit more uh, pop in than maybe there should have been. Uh, issues that I imagine would be fixed come, you know, if you played on the PlayStation 5 or whatnot. Or maybe even on the PlayStation 4 
pro or whatnot i don't know but as far as playing on the the previous generation of consoles in my opinion it just it completely worked just fine and there was there was really no issues there overall i absolutely loved this game this game absolutely phenomenal if you liked that first game there is absolutely no reason not to check this one out because it just continues it on absolutely phenomenal gameplay absolutely phenomenal top tier storytelling in video games and just absolutely absolutely phenomenal game absolutely love this one can i say absolutely a few more times well here we go <laughs> this is absolutely the end of the episode as well what do you think helix reviews podcast at gmail.com you can email me and let me know what you think that's it for this time guys this is david helix reviews signing out bye bye guys <laughs>